Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In today's Ask Amy podcast, we are talking about protesting your property tax valuation. This is something that intimidates a lot of people. We know that every year, if you don't touch it, you don't go and protest, the values keep going higher and higher and higher. That means you're paying higher taxes. So Michael Berlanga has agreed to come in and talk with us. He is a CPA and a licensed real estate broker, has a lot of knowledge on this topic. You go around and speak with community groups, telling them what your rights are and how to protest. So I thought a lot of people would benefit from hearing from you today. Well, I appreciate being here. And and yes, I've traveled the state. So what we're going to talk about not only reaches the viewers in Harris County, but it also reaches the viewers um, across the state. Wherever you're at, if you've got a friend, a family, a relative in Texas, what we're going to talk about affects them. All right. The state process is the same no matter which county that you're in. Um, and a lot of people may think like, oh, I'm going to go protest now. So you've missed the deadline, but perhaps you filed a, a protest and your hearing is still coming up because Harris County Tax um, Appraisal District basically said that they do these protests year round almost. So tuck this information away. If you've already protested or you missed it and you didn't file this year, you could always use this for next year. Absolutely. So first off, what do I need to know? I get that notice in the mail. Everybody does if you're a property owner that says, oh, here's how much we think your property is worth this year. Why should I pay attention to that? Well, because it's very misleading. That notice of value generally has as many as five times the uh, notation, this is not a bill. Do not pay this from this bill. And so many people get it and they turn it over. And I think that's probably why 80% of Texans don't protest their value is they don't even realize what they're being given. And that is a notice of value with a form that's promulgated by the comptroller to, to give them instruction as to how to file that notice of protest, to get in line, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so you think like, oh, this isn't a bill. I don't need to worry about it today. But then if you miss the deadline, what's coming next is your tax bill based off of that value that they sent you? Well, and next is uh, the notice of values generally go out in early April. We had till in some counties as early as May 15th, maybe in some in Mm mid-June to file the notice of protest that then is used to then uh, send you a bill from the tax collector's office in October. Mm-hmm. So so that's the that's the leap that most people are making whereas you and you know in your own situation you know that well I'm going to file the notice of protest but what can I expect from that point forward. Yeah, so you can go in. We're not going to get um, into fine, fine details about how you can go in and you can protest online. Um, what we want to talk about here is if that doesn't work in your favor or you protest online and they come back and say um, they go. They may lower your value, but not as much as you'd like. You can go. Everyone has a right to to um, a hearing, and and that hearing, thanks to the uh, one of the blessings of COVID, if if you can even say that, uh, but is that is that the attorney general ruled that the counties have to give you the right to be heard, either by phone or Zoom, mm-hmm. if not in person, as some of the counties are opening up. But that was revolutionary because uh, I can do a, a hearing on the phone, on the side of the road. Oh, I didn't yeah. have to go down there 
And and though this is my editorial comment, I'm not an, uh, a fan of e-file port, uh, portal protests. Uh-huh. And that's because they, it loses the human element. Uh-huh. You're going to go in front of a panel, uh, basically a jury of your peers, and you're going to make your case. And I think something's lost on, on uh, and, and as well as the appraiser. Sometimes you, you may have a rapport with the appraiser. Mm-hmm. You don't want to constantly uh, be, find yourself basically with uh, just arguing data. Yeah. Because I don't think most of us, just, I'm a CPA, I don't want to argue data if somebody's sympathetic to my case. Yeah, it's boring, it's, yeah, and it's really easy to get lost in all those numbers they throw at you in that evidence report. So, okay, so say you've decided, yes, I do not think my house is worth what they say it's worth, or oh my goodness, this year they raised the value, now they say my house all of a sudden this year is worth $100,000 more than it was last year, and you think I do not agree with that. So you say, I'm going to file for a protest. And you're going to request the evidence. Mm -hmm. And except in two of the counties that I visited out of the 254 counties, it's not obvious that you have that right. So you have to literally write it down Mm -hmm. on your notice of protest. And if you haven't done this and you're already in the process, still reduce it to an email, send it to the uh, local county appraisal district and say, I want to see the evidence. Mm -hmm. And by state law, they have to provide it to you 14 days prior to the formal hearing. And that's very important to note because you don't want to go into a gunfight with a switchblade. Right. And what you mean by that evidence is you they're going to show you which homes and properties they're comparing to yours that is supposed to give you the evidence of how they arrived at the value of your house. And so if you're going in saying my house is not worth this, you haven't even looked at the homes that they're comparing yours to. I mean, what arguments do you have that? Well, yeah. and, and that leads us to the first argument that we all have, and that is that we're the only eyewitnesses to our own property. Mm-hmm. The county does not have the resources. They use a mass appraisal system. They do not have the resources to go to each and everybody's home, nor do they even make that a habit in any mm-hmm. county I've been to. They don't know what your, is going on inside your home, maybe even outside your home, uh-huh. hail damage, uh, wear and tear on your stucco, or how about even lo- where you're located in your neighborhood mm-hmm. as maybe being differentiated from homes in the neighborhood, but don't back up to a commercial corridor or a, as I like to say, a mosquito farm, which could be a green belt. Yeah. So, so, you, so property condition is, is for sure what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And what they do know is based on a mass appraisal approach, a high volume approach towards trying to throw a lot of data at you. And you may be able to help your own cause by reviewing that data, distinguishing what evidence they're using that isn't comparable, and then, and then consider maybe even getting some assistance from your favorite real estate professional mm-hmm. who could say, well, wait a minute, if I was selling it, no, I wouldn't compare that three bedroom, two bath, two car garage with that you know, a condominium or that four bedroom. Right. So I want to put this into steps so that people kind of understand. So you get your value from your um, appraisal district. You decide, oh, I want to protest. I don't think my home is worth that. I think they should lower it. You request their evidence so that they can see who you compared, who they compared your property to, which other properties. Um, and then you want to be able to come up with, as the property owner, what you think it is worth. If you don't think it's worth that value, like what is it worth? And you start and you start with the causes. I mean, most people don't have their homes make ready. Mm-hmm. They're not ready to go to market. It's like our cars. We, we don't. Um, today, if I wanted to trade in my car, I'd go get it tuned up. I'd get it detailed. I'd get it um, just cleaned up. And and that's the same way with our homes. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, most people are selling their homes once every five years on average. And this is, I'm a real estate broker, so I, I would refer to that as being a reasonable assumption. Four out of five years, my house is not ready to go to market. Mm-hmm. What would I do? And, and as, a, as a real estate professional, if somebody asks me to help them, I say, here, here's a seller's disclosure form. This is what you'd be required to fill out if you were, uh, as, as we say, if you were getting ready to go to market, and then you realize, oh, look, I still need to do this and that and the other. Uh-huh. And I like to say, we're not talking about somebody's home. Our home is where our heart is. Right. We're talking about your house. You have to kind of <laughs> detach yourself. Right. Don't think about all the good memories. Don't think about the pictures on the wall. Uh-huh. Think about all the things that I like to use the word honeydew mm-hmm. that you would say, hey, let's fix this And if we're going to go to market. But if we're not going to market and we haven't fixed it, let's get an estimate. Yeah. Or if we did fix it after January 1st, which is the effective date of the valuation, we're not talking about what we could sell the home for today. We're talking about what could we have sold it for January 1st. Then we would want to have evidence of repairs we made since then or, or estimates for repairs that we would make. Okay. So then, so that in case people are sort of following along with our list here, you get the value that they think it's worth. Then you say, oh, if I were going to sell my house today, I would need to paint it. We haven't painted these walls in, you know, maybe 10 years. Maybe you take some pictures of your walls to show the condition or the shape that they're in as justification as why you might need paint. Or when was the last time you got a new roof? Is it time for a new roof? Um, your water heater. How old is your air conditioning unit? Um, and those things, you can get estimates for those. And what are you doing? You're coming up with a figure that you can subtract. So you can say, like, this amount of repairs, you should subtract that from the value. Of well, I, w- I would argue that, that not only that list, but I, I would argue even sometimes we don't know the value. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't know what is the discount factor for backing up to a commercial corridor. Mm-hmm. What for, for maybe being next to a green belt that is not maintained by the HOA or, or maybe has not been developed and therefore it's, it's a nuisance. So uh, there's a, I always like to say it never hurts to ask because right. what you do in that presentation in, that, in, that, in front of that panel mm-hmm. is, is you're, you're showing them respect. You're saying along with these finite numbers, I'd like you also to give consideration to this, this, and this. And that may strike a chord with the panel member. Mm-hmm. You just never know who you're talking to, and we probably should talk about that in a second, about who are we talking to? Who is this panel? Exactly, and I want to I want to um, take a minute right now. That's a good time to pause. Mm-hmm. When we come back, we're going to talk about that, about who these people are, because you might want to go in slinging guns with all your evidence for a, ready for a good fight, but why that's not always a good idea. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. We are here with Michael Berlanga. We are talking about filing protest, protesting your property tax appraisal, right? Absolutely. Um, and where we left off was talking about, okay, so, so you filed your protest. You've agreed that you're going to go in. And let's talk about this formal hearing. You could go in and do an informal where you're sitting down with one person. You may or may not agree with the value they give you. And if you want to take it further, if you don't agree with them, you go to this. They call it a formal hearing. That sounds intimidating. It does. It does. And, and it is formal because it's on the record, just as the informal hearing shouldn't be intimidating because it's not on the record. Mm-hmm. So if we want to go back to that step, the informal hearing is essentially a conversation with an appraiser where you can almost use it as a practice session. Okay. I, don't, I don't insist all my uh, friends and clients go to it, but if they want to go, don't go in expecting to feel like you're on let's make a deal, that you should be intimidated that, oh, they made me an offer, should I take it? Generally speaking, no. Have them note the file, they made you an offer, 
because you can come back with more evidence mm -hmm. as we go to the panel. If you you see, don't have to stick with. With what, what you started, you may learn in that informal conversation, uh, well, uh, Amy, if you were my, if you were my uh, sister, how would, what else would you have told me to bring mm -hmm. if you were the, I'm treating you as the role play that you're the appraiser. Yeah. And so you're going over your evidence and I'm saying, well, I only brought this. Uh, Amy, what else could I have brought? And you'd be amazed how often the appraisers are like, well, you know, you might want to do this, this, and this. Okay. And so now you've, you've turned this adversarial environment into an advocacy environment as you prepare your side for the hearing. For the formal hearing. For the formal hearing. Okay. So that is a very good point. If you've never done it before, perhaps you should start at the informal hearing. It's practice. You see what to expect. You might be able to get some useful information out of the person that you're sitting right. down with. Um, and maybe it does end there. Maybe you're happy with the offer that they present to you. But, but my experience is that if, if you're, even if you're marginally happy, just have them note the file. Recognize that what's going to happen at the formal is they're going to reiterate that they made that offer. Okay. And in the formal, one of the questions that's asked at the outset is, uh, are you a licensed real estate appraiser? Uh -huh. And most of us, including myself, I'm a real estate broker, I'm a CPA, but I'm not a licensed real estate appraiser. So I have to say no. But yet, as educated as I am, the appraiser then it's, it's implied to be like the smartest person in the room. Uh -huh. So this panel who are not qualified necessarily in real estate or any matters mm -hmm. of valuation are, are in a sense, it's, it's kind of setting the tone. We're going to give deference to, this, to the appraiser until they hear a sympathetic or logical story right. as to where the appraiser might being overworked didn't get to a, a more specific value. Right. And, and so it's a three-member three board, appraisal mm -hmm. review board. Um, at least right now at Harris County Appraisal District, you're sitting in a room that may be twice this size. I mean, you're sitting yeah. pretty close to the members of the appraisal review board. But we have to remember that these people, um, not quite volunteers, they do receive some compensation if they agree, and they go through a little bit of training. But these are our neighbors. These are people who live in our communities who have signed up and said, yeah, I'll do this. I'll go and sit down. Well, I'll go a step further because being the, the I guess, uh, passionate about this subject, here's the manual. I mean, you can see from the side, it's a less than, what big. is that, a quarter of an inch. This is the manual. This is the course that they had to take. They spent two days taking a course that didn't teach them necessarily real estate valuation. But in fact, if you'll point to page two, it says, and I'll let you read it. This it is their, their do's and don'ts, number um, four. So number four, don't let your attention wander and don't sleep during a hearing. That's the least we could hope for, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I appreciate you, being, you know, reading that because nobody would believe that, that they the, have to give that instruction. <clears throat> that they have to give that instruction, but obviously enough people have complained that the panel was struggling. They generally make about um, anywhere from one hundred and forty to one hundred fifty dollars a day, okay. and they're hearing these cases every fifteen minutes on the hour. And most people without representation and some with representation create a sometimes a, at least um, a, a stressful environment, if not mm -hmm. hostile. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to keep in mind if your hearing is at 10 a.m. that day and they started at 8, 15 minute increments, it's only 15 minutes per hearing. How many cases they've already gone through by the time they get to you. So you probably want to be likable. Polite, polite at the very least, <laughs> and 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 organized. You want? I, I tell people that you're you're going to have out of that 15 minutes in total in in presenting your case and then rebutting the argument of the county. You're going to have maybe eight minutes uh -huh. without pushing their little window, and so 
you don't want to speak in sentences as much as you want to speak in bullet points. Uh-huh. So my property condition uh, deserves some adjustment for, as you said, ceilings, floors, windows, mm-hmm. foundation, roofing. And here's my estimates and here's some pictures. And let's stop right there. When we're making our case, we're dealing with people that that may like images. They may be tired of looking at numbers. I'm a CPA and I can get bored with mm-hmm. numbers after about oh, you know, an hour of looking at numbers and I have a passion for math. But I, you show me a picture of a foundation that needs some work or a roof that's got hail damage, somebody's gonna go, I get that, I get mm-hmm. that. And so, so I stress, go into those with images and we can all take them on our smartphones and, and estimates, uh-huh. and you, then you have the best of reaching that panel. Remember, they're, they're told not to fall asleep, uh-huh. but they weren't picked based on being uh, mathematicians. Right, so um, you, he meant we all have cameras on our smartphones. You can't show them the pictures on your smartphone, no, so no. take your pictures, you gotta make uh, four copies, one for each member of the review board, one member for the appraisal appraiser who will be there, and then for yourself so you can follow along right. as you're showing them and telling them what these pictures are and your evidence. Um, one thing that, that is really interesting, and I didn't know this, and I've protested several times over the years, was that they, at, well, in my uh, recent hearing, they said, um, generally, the property owner goes first. Do you have a, are you okay with that? And I say no. Uh, because I always say, as polite as I can, that I, if, it, if women go first or I prefer the government to go first. And the reason you do that is because you want to set the stage that the government's going to go first. We already know what the government's going to say. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's not going to surprise us. So right. let, let that go. Then when we start making our case, then the government then is going to have a chance to offer rebuttal, taking issue or maybe complimenting some of the issues they didn't know about. Uh-huh. But then we go last. So we close out the, 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 the conversation. Right. And I, I always think there's something subliminal to having the last say. Right. Even if, and in some cases, and this may not be common uh, in your experience, but in some cases, the appraiser will be so overwhelmed by your evidence that they will make an offer in front of the panel to the taxpayer. Oh. And my experience has been uh, to say, no, thank you. I appreciate that. Very polite. Mm-hmm. But I'll defer to the panel, and I hope they will give more consideration to fill in the blank, whatever your whatever your key you know issue is. Right. And and in that manner, my experience, ninety nine point nine percent of the times, the panel will either at worst agree with the appraiser, mm-hmm. give a further discount, uh-huh. and at best we preserved our right to appeal because we let the panel rule. Got it. That's okay. why we don't go to informals with the mindset that we're going to agree on the deal. And if you ever feel that way in an informal, back to the informals, I always say, just say, well, I, I appreciate that offer, but I'm going to have to defer and talk to my CPA or my uh, spouse or just mm-hmm. politely exit, say thank you, and then get ready for a formal. Okay. And so what you're talking about there is when in this in this formal, you said if the appraiser does say, okay, I've considered what you've said, I'll make this offer. That did just happen to me. I'll make this offer. I'm like, well, that doesn't sound... Not nearly as low as what I wanted to go. And so then the appraisal review board. And 
where I'm getting at is you said that you, if you don't agree with what they say, even at the end of your hearing, you don't agree with what the appraisal review board offered you, you didn't agree with what the appraiser offered you, what do I do at that point? Well, let, let's be precise. The appraiser made you an offer, uh -huh. but the appraisal review board, having closed the hearing, uh -huh. when you said, I'm not going to accept his offer, I'd rather defer to the panel, they made a ruling. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they, they, their, their number is, is set. You're not going to see them again this season, if, if ever. And they're going, you're, they're going to send that to you by certified mail or by mail, uh, with it, with a, which begins a window of opportunity. Mm -hmm. You have 60 days from when you get your ruling in the mail to decide whether you want to make a request for arbitration, which is an appeals process that that word may sound intimidating, but has nothing to do with litigation. This does not require a lawyer, it is not a filing of a lawsuit. It is binding, but it allows you to have one more bite at the apple and we can talk a little bit about who yeah. are arbitrators. Well, because you said in your experience, hardly anybody is doing this. Like you go for your protest, you get your value, you may go out of there like kicking the tires of your car saying that was a waste of my time. But then most people end it there because if they're not happy with the result, they're like, forget it. I did all this work. I don't know the numbers for Harris, but I can tell you that uh, the, the counties that I've traveled to, we're talking about less than one hundredth or of a percent of the available cases, let's say Atascosa by way of example, 40,000 mm -hmm. properties, say 2,500 people protested and two people went to arbitration. Two people. Two people two in people. a county of 40,000 properties. And these numbers are, are pretty proportional. Uh -huh. And it's because I believe the arbitration process wasn't passed into law until I believe it was 2005. Mm -hmm. And so it's still, it's still new. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't like telling an attorney, I want to go uh, appeal it to the next circuit court. The attorneys, we, we've all been doing that for a long time, but, but in property tax uh, arbitration, it's a process that you get in front of somebody who is trained to not just not fall asleep, but they're, they're licensed either as attorneys or CPAs or real estate brokers. Okay. And they are not beholding to the county appraisal district. They do not work for the appraisal district. They do not work for the comptroller who assigns the case, no pun intended, arbitrarily. Uh-huh. And you get a chance to have somebody hear your case again without okay. any bias. Okay, so let's talk about that. Sure. So at the very worst, I might feel I've wasted my time. They can't make my value any higher. That's right. They can't make my value any higher. It's going to cost me to file a file it for, for arbitration. For arbitration. And that, that, for those who are watching and are already at the Internet, just put request for arbitration and you'll see a page. Of, of easy to read instructions, you'll see the, the, the price point. But generally speaking, it's $450 for uh, residences with values under half a million. If it's over half a million, it's your residence, it's $500. But even for those who are watching that have business property, uh, the, the, the fee uh, up to even $5 million, I believe, is $1,500, which is far less than hiring an attorney and filing a lawsuit. Right. And all the work that then you may get charged so that fee is uh, consists of fifty dollars to the comptroller mm -hmm. to basically take the case and assign it, and the rest is at risk to the possibility that if you win, the county's going to pay the arbitrator. Okay. So so what does that mean, winning and losing? Let's use just a hypothetical example. You've got a a, a four hundred thousand dollar value. You think your house is worth three hundred thousand. You go in there, you get no satisfaction. Maybe you weren't quite prepared. Maybe you were really well prepared, but there was just a sense of cultural bias against you uh -huh. and they didn't adjust it or they got it down to 400 but you tell the 
arbitration request, you put down 300,000. Mm -hmm. Then that sets the high and the low, like a tug of war. And if you get the value ruled by the arbitrator below 350, let's say 349,999, uh -huh. you won. And the county has to pay the arbitrator. Ah. You get that 400 of the 450 back. Okay. Or if the if your residence was over half a million, you'd be getting 450 of the 500 back. Now, you might say, well, what if I lose? Well, if I lose, well, yes, I gambled at 450, uh -huh. but I that doesn't mean that I didn't get my value adjusted. Right. So in the example I just used, if let's say the value is only adjusted from 400,000 to 360, uh -huh. well, they've lowered my value 400,000, and let's say my tax rate was 2.5% cumulatively. Mm -hmm. I saved 1,000. But I but I lost four fifty. Yeah. But I also hit the reset button for next year's increase. Right. Right. Very. I mean, so a lot of people do not know to do that. What's the timeline for? I mean, what? How long does that generally take? Now that's that's there's good news and bad news. The mm -hmm. the, the the bad news is that it could take four, five, six months. So you're still going to pay your tax at the basis on the ruling. You but. The reason it's good news is because only 200 people are on the comptroller's registry to be an arbitrator. So the standard is high. Uh -huh. it's, it's not, they didn't just sign somebody. And, and these people are being paid, uh, as I say, $400, $450 at, at the minimum to hear your case. They're not going to rush through this. You're not going to get that 15 minutes of drive through justice. Uh -huh. Generally speaking, they'll say, take half an hour right. to make your case. And then as soon as they rule they have only i think it's 14 days uh, to to get your ruling out oh. so so while they're not going to rule in front of you they're quick to rule because they don't get paid until they rule until they're done <laughs> and so so the, the the arbitrators are not working for the state they're on a registry and as Many cases, and I hope this year more than ever, I call this the year of arbitration. As many cases, I hope they'll go to arbitration. It may take a little longer for your case to be assigned and heard. But one other thing to note, when you make that first request for arbitration, it's through the county mm -hmm. that you file the forms. But the county then has a window of time to say, well, I'm going to, uh, they may want to renegotiate. They, uh -huh. may, want to, they uh -huh. may want to say, you know, we don't want to take a chance because you really did have a good case and maybe the panel just didn't quite catch it. So what would it take to settle it? Oh. Like when I leave here today, I'm going right. to Montgomery County because of somebody I met who had gone through the whole formal uh -huh. a couple of years ago and he had heard me say something about arbitration. So we filed the form for arbitration. We gave him the check. We gave him the form. The uh, appraiser called me from the county, Montgomery County, and we settled it without ever going to arbitration. Did he lose that $450? No, no. Point? He got that back. Okay. The entire amount. Yeah. And we got a, a value reduction that awesome. he was satisfied with yeah. without having to go through the entire process. So it's kind of like plea bargaining outside the courtroom that, no, I wasn't speeding and it wasn't a, a DUI. In fact, I wasn't even driving the car. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm joking, but but it's, in a, it's essentially that's the same analogy. Right. They, the county will have a little window of time to say, you know what? Before you lose money or I lose money, let's see if we can have one more talk at this. Yeah, and it's a shame that it takes all that, but it sometimes does. And sometimes it's worth it. Yeah. Okay, so I appreciate you talking to us and walking us through all these. So the four most important points that you say people need to remember, sort of wrapping things up, is that everybody has a right to protest. Absolutely. That value. You have a right to the evidence that the county has used to determine what your property's worth. And then they have the burden of proof. That's right. The county has the burden of proof, and, and that has to be remembered because sometimes the, the whole environment of going and contesting something with the county or, the, or any government is it's our first time. 
first time we've ever had to challenge the government. But it's the government's burden. It's not that you have to prove that you're innocent, that you could never have sold the property for that value. It's that have they proven that you that there's a good likelihood that you could have. Right. And since you haven't, we don't even know what is possible. Right. And then your fourth point, everybody has the right to appeal. To appeal through arbitration and and the, and just know that until the legislature takes some significant action in reforming the way the system works, we're going to be right back at this next year. So for those people that are listening that feel like I missed an opportunity, then this is your opportunity to, to put a note and tell all your family and friends next year we're going to at least look at getting the evidence because you can get the evidence and then choose not to go. Ah, okay. So you don't, you're not bound. It's like getting a reservation in a restaurant, uh-huh. asking for the menu, and then deciding whether you want to eat at that restaurant. Yeah. Well, and, and t- I want to talk about two big myths, and then we're going to go. Sure. Biggest myth is a lot of people think like, oh, why do I want to argue that my home is not worth this big amount? If I want to sell it in a year or two years, I would rather the county say it's worth 400000 than 300000 And I tell people it doesn't matter. But does it? Well, it, you're right. I know I'm a licensed real estate broker. And in the words of Lieutenant Governor Patrick, we want your values to go up. Mm-hmm. We just don't want you to be burdened by them every year along the way. And this is the only way you can reduce that burden. But it, as a licensed real estate broker, I'm not being a hypocrite if I argue that your value today, if you asked me to take your home to market today, is one number, but your value as of January 1st of this year was a different number. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the real estate community uh, has a great opportunity. Uh, I, I, I got my course uh, approved through the Texas Real Estate Commission to help realtors become more professional mm-hmm. in supporting relationships in between those times when they're listing and representing buyers. Right. And then lastly, what would you say to all of those people who say, we should all just pay our fair share? I mean, I've talked about this before, and people say, well, I don't protest because I want to be able to pay my fair share so that we fund police and fill potholes and use all that tax money for what we're supposed to do in our communities. Well, you've set me up, and we we could talk for – but, I mean, I like to say, and I'll say this in closing, that I have scriptural authority. Pay to Caesar what is Caesar's, God what is God's, and it doesn't matter what your religion is. The the reality is that that we all are united in this system – that says through the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, you have the right to contest a decision, you have the right to know what your taxes are being used to pay for, and, and, uh, and there's a great quote from Judge Learned Hand, he said, tax avoidance is not tax evasion. So we're teaching people how to avoid the highest tax. Right. We're not teaching them fraud. We're not teaching them how to evade. We're not teaching them anything that's unethical. Right. And and the Governor Abbott would say, yes, it's in the Texas Taxpayer Bill of Rights. So protest your decision. So whether you're on the far right or the far left, I think this is one thing that we can come together and say, you have the right to do it. And if you got too big a savings, then by all means, give it. Send the government a check. Right. Okay, you are with <laughs> Resolutions Now. Michael Berlanga, how can people find you if they want to find you after this podcast? Well, they can email me at michael at re-now.net. I think we may have that at the bottom of the screen. And uh, just recognize that, that I've been traveling all over the state, working through chambers and other groups, American Legion Halls and Rotary Clubs. Um, be happy to put on a live seminar so that uh, – more people can benefit because because this is a it's become a passion of mine and and it's just part of a, a core value of systems that says if we reach out to our neighbors, God's got a sense of humor and I get taken care of in other ways. All right, Michael, thank you so much. A lot of good information here. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great day.